We're going to celebrate Jesus Christ, the Son of God coming to earth, God becoming man, so that we can give glory to God. And with that, we get His peace and joy, which we're celebrating tonight. Amen. Amen. Pray with me. Lord, I pray that night, as we come before You, Lord, we just celebrate You. You're coming to earth, Lord. You're coming into our hearts. May our hearts tonight, Lord, give You all the glory that You deserve. And Lord, we give You that joy. Reflect it back to you that you've already given us, Lord, the peace that you bring to us through our Savior, Jesus Christ, we celebrate tonight. Oh, Lord, may all that we do tonight, may all that we say bring you glory and be pleasure in you. We pray in Jesus' name, our Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 Brother Ed. So tonight find all of the candles lit in preparation for the lighting of the center candle. The prophet's candle, the Bethlehem candle, the shepherd's candle, and the angel's candle, all eagerly awaiting the birth, the arrival of the Messiah. And as we prepare to light the Christ candle, many around the world and even maybe some in this room here this evening are already looking forward to tomorrow morning. They're looking forward to opening up the gifts under the tree. While it would be easy for us to get upset about that, get upset about the way many choose to celebrate Christmas, the idea of gift giving is actually a biblical one. Matthew 2 teaches us, Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. And after listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures, offering him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Tonight, I would like us to focus in on the gifts 
that were brought by the wise men. First, we need to understand that these wise men were not Jews. They were Gentiles, probably somewhere near Babylon, maybe disciples of Daniel, but they were among the first to know of the coming Messiah. And they came bringing some rather unusual gifts by our standards. The first gift is gold. And while gold has great value, it is a rather unusual gift to bring a young child. However, when we realize and understand the custom of the time and of the people, we can appreciate this even far more so. You see, gold was something that people would bring as an offering when seeking an audience with a king. These travelers were bringing forth something that they would have used to pay respect for the king just to be able to come into his presence. And the frankincense is another unusual gift. I mean, many of us wouldn't think even once about giving incense as a Christmas gift to a child. But again, we need to understand the importance of the gift. See, the incense speaks to the wise men's recognition of Jesus as priest. In the Old Testament, only the priests were allowed to go into the Holy of Holies and to burn the incense. By giving this gift, these wise men, they were were acknowledging Jesus as the high priest. Finally, they brought myrrh. Myrrh is a symbol of death. None of us would give a thought to giving our kids a coffin for Christmas, but that's what these men did. See, myrrh was used to prepare and anoint the body for burial. Matter of fact, after the crucifixion, we read in the Gospels, that Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, who were followers of Jesus Christ, brought 100 pounds of myrrh to prepare Jesus' body for burial. These gifts that the wise men bring, that they laid before Christ, speak to all three phases of Christ's life. Christ was born to be king of kings, and they honored him such with the gold. Jesus served and continues to serve as our high priest, and they recognize that through the incense. And ultimately, even though we are here tonight to celebrate the birth of Jesus, the birth of the Messiah, it is his holy and perfect life being broken and poured out for your sin and for mine that we need to celebrate each and every day. We need to be thankful for Jesus' birth, death, and resurrection, and that being the true gift that we receive here tonight. And our response shouldn't be, what am I getting under the tree? Our response needs to be, how am I presenting myself to Christ as a gift? We need to be asking ourselves, are we living our lives in such a way that we are offering ourselves as an extravagant gift represented by the way the wise men brought extravagant gifts? 
That is what we do in response to receiving the gift of the Messiah, the gift of the forgiveness of sin. We respond by offering our very lives back to Christ as a gift, as an offering. So as we continue through our Christmas Eve service, remember that your worship, your worship of the Messiah is a gift an offering to be poured out to him. Lord, Lord, as we celebrate your birth, Lord, we are so thankful for that gift, that gift of representing the unconditional love of the Father for all those who call on Christ as Lord and Savior. And Lord, as we worship that tonight, as we present to you our worship as an offering, as a gift for what you have done, for how you have entered into not just the world but our lives lord may our gift to you be one that glorifies you lord and lord may our lives be poured out as gifts for you focus solely on living each moment by your will for your glory in christ's name we say amen
son Jesus just to have that faith to believe to believe that God would do just as the angel said he would do and how to go back home and to go to Joseph and try to explain it to him as just like us this day and age how do we explain that kind of faith to somebody who just doesn't know what was that like for her and what's that like for us each day to go out into the world and try to proclaim Christ and our faith. But God came as a baby just for that reason, for us to proclaim him and for him to come and save us, a baby in a manger. Touch him, reach to you. 
been singing on its way. The world revolves from night to day. A voice to chime, a chance of light. Of peace on earth, goodwill to man. So he made the trip back up to Washington on Christmas Eve. All he heard, he'd gone through all the bombs, all, all the fighting, the gunfire. And he came out in Washington, D.C., and he hears the bells ringing. And he says, there's no peace on earth. But then he heard the bells ringing. There is peace on earth, isn't there? Amen. In Jesus Christ. I believe that he, when he wrote this poem, he knew that. He'd received the peace that Jesus Christ has to offer. You know, that peace and that joy that we get is something that only Christ can give us that passes all the world's understanding. Amen. Uh, do you know that joy is something that we are commanded to enjoy with God for all those who know Him? Do you know that I started to do this for you. I, I don't have to really preach tonight. I'm going to let God's Word do it. How do you like that? All through the Bible, God commanded His people. In the Old Testament, He commands them to rejoice. It's a command. Does that surprise you? How in the world could we, could we rejoice in the Lord if we don't know Him? You know, he, he came here so that we can know Him, and He came here in the form of a man called Jesus Christ. He came here so that we could rejoice. But listen to what it says in the Old Testament. He says, God commanded His children. He said, rejoice. Uh, let Israel be glad in His maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. It's a command. That's in Psalm 149 too. Let Jacob rejoice. Let Israel be glad. Psalm 14.7. Rejoice in the Lord. Psalm 97.12. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous. And shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Psalm 32. There are hundreds of them. 
You know, I, I encourage you, go and do your own research. Find where it says to rejoice. God says to do it. And you know what happens when we rejoice? He's pleased. And we're giving him glory. And when he's pleased, then we can rejoice even more, can't we? Jesus commanded his followers to rejoice. And those are the ones who are his disciples, the ones who follow him, the ones that come after him. He said, rejoice and be glad that you've been saved, that you're following me, that you believe in Jesus Christ. It's in Matthew 5, 12. Rejoice in the day and leap for joy. Anybody here leap in the night? Uh, you know what? We could, couldn't we? Our hearts are leaping because Jesus Christ is in there and he's come here. Leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. Luke 6.23. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. If you come to Jesus Christ and you've received him into your heart, you can rejoice because your name's written in heaven. And he protects that. God protects that, First Peter says. Yes, joy is possible. So, so It's so rich and, and so real that we can return to our, our neighbors and say, rejoice with me. He actually tells us to do that in Luke 15. The Paul, Apostle Paul, now here's a guy who wrote a whole book about rejoicing, but he wrote it through all of his letters and his epistles. He drives it home further in his letters to the churches. He says, rejoice in hope, rejoice with those who rejoice. In Romans uh, uh, 12, rejoice always, 1 Thessalonians 5. And, and then the joy tidal wave of Philippians. That's the whole book's about it, folks. Go read it, please. Be glad and rejoice with me, Philippians 2.18. Rejoice in the Lord, Philippians 3. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice all the way through Philippians. That's exciting, isn't it? Paul wrote that from jail. Whoa. And he's rejoicing. How can a man in jail, and let me tell you what, jail back then wasn't anything like jail today. You know, matter of fact, his cable was cut off. <laughs> Paul was chained to a wall, a rock wall. He, he was, the people had to bring him food, and, and there was no air conditioning. They had to bring him water. And Paul is saying, rejoice with me. How could he rejoice? Because Jesus Christ is living inside of him. Jesus Christ had come and taken away all that noise. He could hear the bells ringing back then, couldn't he? Through all the, the, the war and all the war cries and all the people, he could hear it then, even in a jail, in a Roman prison. Angel of the army of God says, praising God and saying, this is what he said. Did you get this? There was a, not just an angel that said, Glory to God in the highest and peace on, men, on earth um, with all men with whom he is pleased. That's not just one angel saying, that's a whole army of God saying that. A whole army of angels. Can you imagine? That's rejoicing, folks. And when the shepherds heard about it, you see what they, hear what they did? They ran off to see the Savior and they re returned glorifying and praising God and rejoicing. Woo! Do you see what happens when God comes to man and man meets God he rejoices he rejoices and that pleases God that brings glory to God and that's what it was all about wasn't it you know what we just read glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men with whom his favor rests glory to God peace to man it's an exchange program isn't it kind of a neat one isn't it and when the angels heard about it, they returned and they were rejoicing. And I love this part. When, when the guys on the, the, you know, the kings came and they came to, 
they finally found Christ a few years later. They got there, and, and when they saw the star and they found him, you know what they did? It says, we can't even get this right in English. It says, they rejoiced, and they rejoiced so much that we can't even put it in words. They rejoiced exceedingly, is what it says. But you know what? There are people all around us tonight, kind of like Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, when he first got to D.C. to visit his sick son. He says, you know what? I can't be joyful this Christmas. There's no joy. Why, why am I not joyful? Um, let me tell you why, folks. We live in a world with a war going on all around us. We live in a world with a whole lot of noise out there. It's a lot of dark noise all around us, isn't it? But you know what? If you're living with Jesus Christ in your heart, those bells ring a whole lot louder than all the noise all around you. There's a joy in there that, that surpasses any understanding of a human being. He gives that to us, doesn't he? There's a sense that in which he's committed, that God is committed to our joy. And he's even more than his ultimate purpose, and that is for him to be honored and for him to be glorified like he just said when he brought this joy to the world. You know, and we honor him and, and we give him our praise and, and our rejoicing in him. He's glorified. He's pleased. He's praised. And he's glorified. And that's what we're here to do. That's why he made us. And that's what we're here to do tonight. Amen? Amen. If you've got that noise, if you've been listening to the noise of the world and you're, you're down and, and, and you're not feeling like, you know, I can rejoice tonight. Let me tell you what, you can. Jesus Christ came to the world. God became a man, came to us here so that we could know God. And let me tell you what, he promises us. God says that, you know, you come to me, I'm going to promise you that I'll guard that. I'll, you place your treasures with me, I'll guard those treasures forever and ever. And no one's going to take them away. Let me tell you what, rejoice, even though it's a little bit. You know what? God is not indifferent to a little bit of rejoicing. Not the kind of rejoicing because, you know, I got a new car, I got a great Christmas present or something like that. That's not the kind of rejoicing we're talking about. We're talking about the kind of rejoicing of Jesus Christ coming in and saving us for all eternity into his love and to his kingdom forever and ever. Amen. We praise him tonight for that. You know what? Forget that frivolous joy of getting Christmas presents. I want you to enjoy Jesus Christ and the knowledge of his having come here to this earth to save you from all your sins. You know what? That's the kind of joy that, that we, we celebrate tonight. Um, let me tell you what. In Christ, not only is God no longer against us, Christ is for us. Nothing can stand against Christ, his, his love that he's put into us and his salvation that he's given us, his omnipotent love. The love of God is in us in Christ. Let me tell you, I want to read you a promise I found in Jeremiah tonight. In Jeremiah, it comes home. God promises us that he's going to guard this joy. He says, I will rejoice in doing them good. God's talking about his children. I rejoice in doing them good, and I will plant them in this land in faithfulness with all my heart and all my soul. That's a promise to God. Can you rejoice in that? You can rejoice in a God that never leaves you, never forsakes you, can't you? Um, you know what? Our joy will never be perfect in this life. We can live up to that one. 
we can know, own that one. You know, we're always going to strain and struggle in this life. You know, we're always going to have anxieties, but know this and rejoice in it. There's an unconquerable joy that's coming. And it's coming forever and ever. It's going to live in our hearts forever and ever. Right now we get just a glimpse of it. And we do get to enjoy Christ's joy now. Just a little bit of it. But Sunday is going to be perfected when we go home to be with the Lord. You know what? I like what, we, uh, what Peter says. He says, though you do not now see him, you believe in him. And rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Oh, can you do that tonight? I pray that you can. Christ has come to you. Christ has come to you tonight. Joy to the world. God has come to man and brought his joy in Jesus Christ. Amen.
It says, now, this is a benediction tonight. Here, I'm going to read this to you. And when we do this, then we're going to light candles tonight. And the elders are going to come around and light a candle that I hope you're holding. I hope everybody got one. Because this is symbolic of Jesus Christ is the light of the world. We do live in a dark world, don't we? Yes. But i got to tell you, Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And if you have Jesus in your heart, then go out and be the light of the world. Spread that light. That joy that you have tonight that Jesus gives you, I pray that you'll take that and you'll spread it throughout the world. I'm going to read this benediction. And we're going to sing Silent Night. And we're going to pass the light while we're doing that. Amen. Okay. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit as you believe in Him. Amen. 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 Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, Ryan, virgin, mother and child. So tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace.
the Messiah, aren't you? Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> 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 